Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and an art lover. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cups with you. So, let's dig into today's stories with a trigger warning for mental health. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough, it's 365 Today, in 1888, Vincent van Gogh cut off his left ear Now, this is a pretty famous story, but it's also hotly debated So let's dive in and make sure we're getting the most correct version we can with all the eerie, bada bing, details Van Gogh was in Arles, France, on the night before Christmas Eve in 1888 when he used the razor he kept on his bedside table to slash off the lower part of his left earlobe. Arles is a seaside town in southern France. Art historians and biographers have long debated what exactly caused Van Gogh to cut off his ear. Potential reasoning have included depression, a drinking problem, a fight with the artist Paul Gauguin, wanting attention from his mother, and a spurt of anger and auditory hallucinations. It also could have just been absinthe poisoning, a bipolar episode, or even sunstroke. The theory of auditory hallucinations holds particular credence because, well, it was his ear that he cut off. Medical records describe him experiencing attacks of acute mania that included auditory hallucinations. This theory goes that he cut off his ear to stop the noises. Additionally, his brother Theo was getting engaged, and it's been theorized that a letter from Theo announcing the engagement made Van Gogh so upset that he cut his ear off because he feared abandonment from his family. Van Gogh was born in 1853 in the Netherlands. He had an anxious personality from childhood, and as an adult, drifted between jobs. He worked at an art gallery, and then as a preacher to miners in Belgium. He began painting in 1880 and made dark paintings of peasants and the poor miners he'd worked with. He moved to Paris in 1886 to be with Theo. Theo was an art dealer and helped introduce Vincent to other artists and supported him financially. Vincent became friends with Paul Gauguin, Camille Pissarro, and Georges Seurat, and these artists helped influence his style to become lighter and more colorful. Apologies for my horrible French accent. Vincent rented his house in Arles in 1888 with the hopes of founding an artist colony. He began to paint the countryside, as well as still lifes and self-portraits. His friend, Paul Gauguin, came to stay with him and the two worked together. But eventually, the men were arguing, and Van Gogh threatened Gauguin with a razor on December 23rd before turning it on himself and his own ear. As the story goes, he wrapped up the part of his ear that he'd cut off and gave it to a prostitute named either Rachel or Gabrielle, records differ, at a nearby brothel. Police heard about the severed ear and went looking for Vincent. They found him in his bed and brought him in for medical attention. He was then hospitalized in Arles and eventually treated at a mental institution in Saint-Rémy for a year. At Saint-Rémy, he produced some of his most well-known works, like Starry Nights and Irises. His moods tapered out, and he became friends with the director of the asylum. In a break from common practice at the time, the asylum refused to use straight jackets or chains, so even though it was still a challenging atmosphere, it was better for Vincent than other places he could have ended up staying. He was one of the more lucid patients on the ward, and thus was able to use the time for creativity in addition to healing. He had sympathy for the fellow patients, who he called his companions in misfortune. 
Van Gogh's wound on his head began to heal, but it was an ugly process with a gaping wound that Van Gogh couldn't easily hide. His time at the asylum wasn't all calm either. He went through several more episodes, and at one point even ate his poisonous paints. Though there are no records of his exact diagnosis, many historians suspected bipolar disorder. Though the painting Self-Portrait with a Bandaged Ear is famous for obvious reasons outlined above, it was far from the only self-portrait Van Gogh painted. He painted over 30 self-portraits between the years 1886 and 1889. Painting self-portraits is said to have helped Van Gogh with introspection, as well as making extra money and keeping his painting skills fine-tuned. Alas, Vincent Van Gogh's story did not end happily. Two years after the ear incident, in 1890, he moved to a town near Paris, and that July, he shot himself and died. While he was alive, Van Gogh was not the celebrated artistic visionary that he is today. He was a classic starving artist and only sold one painting during his lifetime. Today, Iris's is on a display at the Getty Museum in Los Angeles. You can also visit the asylum where Van Gogh spent his time after the ear incident. It remains a psychiatric hospital, but the public can visit the gardens, chapel, and cloister that Van Gogh spent time in and painted while there. Today, in 1999, someone broke into George Harrison's, of the Beatles fame, Maui home, but it wasn't your average break-in. 27-year-old Kristen Kelleher broke into the house and cooked a pizza from the freezer, drank a bottle of soda, and called her mom. An alarm in the house was triggered and the police came to the house. When they arrived, Kelleher had moved on from the pizza and was doing her laundry. They asked why she broke into the house and she said she had a psychic connection with George. She was originally released on bail and at a trial she was sentenced to serve four months in prison for breaking and entering and burglary. The pizza, I guess. All right, that's a weird one, but don't get any ideas, okay, everybody? And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a December 23rd in my life. Let's see, what was I doing this day um, when I was in Costa Rica? I feel like it's more interesting to just continue the stories of what I was doing. And I wish I had more photos. For some reason, I just don't have nearly as many photos cataloged as I would have liked to, given how cool of a trip that was. I have a video right now from December 23rd, 2014, on that same trip to Costa Rica that I took of my little cousin. Her name is Kaya, and she's eight, she's eight years old now. And in this video, she was four, and she was so small. She might have even been three, I think, at this point. Um, she was so small. <laughs> and I have never really gotten to watch a little kid grow up before. Watching my cousin Kaya grow up from being a newborn to an eight-year-old is probably been one of the most fascinating things I've ever watched. Um, and she, it's so funny. I guess you, if you're not around little kids very often, I think you can often think that, you know, these little kids don't have a sense of self or an individual when they're little and tiny. But Kaya, when she was four, she still has that same personality and like brightness that I saw in her um, when she was little, now at the age of eight. And I'm excited to see where she goes in the future. And the way I'm talking about her now is probably how a lot of people in my own life feel about watching me grow up. Thanks for listening and letting me go through my tangents. I'll see you tomorrow. If you please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow at 365 Days MXM Tune on your preferred social media platforms. It's 365 with MXM Tune. 
drinks every day So don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 